Welcome back to the latest episode of Sports Luck. Noah is not here today, so instead of the four horsemen, we have the three amigos, me, Jason, and Mike. Uh, first off, where in the world is Mike Lynch right now? Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, Mike Lynch is talking live from Texas. Uh, had to do some work. Uh, had a source uh, in the area discussing Russell Westbrook's situation uh, and uh, not wanting to play with James Harden and how that went down. Um, but uh, all's good here in Texas. Great weather down here in November. Uh, 70, 80 degree weather. Uh, so great day to be uh, here uh, and uh, ready to keep the good times rolling and the lucky times rolling here on the sports luck. Mm -hmm. uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that that's Joel Austin. Um, it's probably not, but you don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's <laughs> secretly a sports fan. This is a new information to me. Uh, Jason is going to be leading the discussion tonight, but first I wanted to get in a few things just, um, uh, just quickly. So uh, off the top of my head, stuff that's, that's been interesting that has happened or notable that's happened in the last few days. Uh, today, the Miami Marlins hired Kim Ng, who is, the, um, who, who is now the first uh, woman, or uh, I don't know if you want to say woman or female uh, GM, general manager. First female general manager of a North American uh, male professional male, sports league. Yeah, male professional sports league. Yeah. Yeah. So she's so she is now the newest GM for the Marlins. She actually has a great, uh, in, in terms of people with experience. I mean, she is definitely one of the people. You know, like she has a great, great resume. She worked with the. I mean, I'll just off the top of my head, she worked with the Yankees, won a few championships there. She worked in the commissioner's office um, for nearly a decade. I believe, and then she worked with two other teams that I forget off the top of my head. But she's been in the business for, um, I think, maybe the Giants. But she's been in the business. Um, she's been in baseball for 30 years now. And, and congrats to her. And, you know, breaking the glass ceiling, breaking barriers. But also, I mean, she's, she's well-deserving of it. And hopefully we'll bring a championship product to the Marlins who haven't seen that. I mean, it, even if you want to not or discount this year, but – haven't seen that in probably 15 years, 20 years more than that. Uh, for those that didn't see last night, uh, the U.S. men's national team played their first uh, international friendly since February. They played Wales at Swansea, um, or at um, I think it's called the Liberty Stadium, which is in Swansea City or um, Swansea in Wales. Uh, Swansea used to play in the Premier League. Now they've been uh, relegated a few times. But I think the things of note with that are that all of the people that you would consider the U.S. men's national team mainstays uh, of old, if you're thinking the 2014 uh, World Cup, those people aren't there anymore. There's a giant youth revolution coming through. Weston McKinney, um, uh, oh my God, uh, Serginio Dest. Uh, uh, Pulisic wasn't there, but I mean, Pulisic is part of it. Uh, Tim Weah, the son of George Weah. There's just there, there, there's so many young, great young talent. Um, I think Johnny Cardoso is one of them. He's um, uh, he's playing in Brazil right now for oh god, I don't know who, but um, just trust me on that. But it's just a great youth movement coming in. And for those that are soccer fans, I'm sure that uh, you will be extreme, or especially U.S. soccer fans will be extremely excited 
um, for what is going to happen. And hopefully they won't lose to Trinidad and Tobago because holy crap, that is one of that is probably the most embarrassing moment in U.S. men's soccer history uh, by a long shot. Um, it quickly in college football, like 15 games have been canceled this week. There's now talks of possibly the college football playoff being in jeopardy. It's not, you know, we're not to that point yet, but the, the, the talks are starting because the concern is growing. And I know some games are happening tonight, but there's a lot of big games this weekend that aren't happening. And it's, it's really huge. I know in the Pac-12, a couple of games were canceled and then a game was rescheduled. I think it's Cal and UCLA was rescheduled for uh, Sunday at noon, but at, in Pacific time, it's 9 a.m., which is, I'm sure that none of those people that are on the Pacific, you know, uh, that are that are in the Pacific uh, Western region of the United States are going to enjoy watching football at 9 a.m., but it is what it is. Uh, also, um, I think it's tomorrow or they're at least honoring it, but it's the, um, I'm trying to think, it's the 50th anniversary, I believe so, of the worst modern um, disaster. I think it's like air traffic disaster in in sports history or just the worst disaster in sports history uh, involving the Marshall football team. They're going to be honoring um, all of those people tomorrow um, at the game with new uniforms. They had a whole uh, a video put on Twitter. Uh, the thing that's really weird is, is that college game day decided to go to the masters because the master, and we're going to talk about the masters in a little bit, uh, but the masters are currently going on right now and normally wouldn't be going on right now, but COVID changed things normally happens in April uh, so they decided to go there just because of circumstance, but they decided against going to Marshall and, and talking about that. And hopefully they'll spend a lot of time, uh, it, it, I guess, Saturday, but it would be tomorrow in terms of this recording doing that. And then uh, just quickly, uh, before Jason takes the horn, um, uh, we do want to send our condolences out to um, uh, the family of Alex Trebek, obviously the famous game show, uh, game show host of Jeopardy, um, who was doing that job for almost 40 years, unfortunately passed away at the age of 80 due to cancer, uh, stage four, I think it was pancreatic cancer. Um, and he fought hard and we all loved him watching him on TV. And unfortunately, uh, he's no longer with us, but he will be on TV. New episodes have been taped through Christmas. So hopefully, you know, enjoy it while he's still there in the hunt. And now the search uh, will, will be on for a new host. So in terms of pop culture stuff, uh, it's just, one thing of note to happen or that that happened but Jason I'm all done with my stuff so please take the floor all right it's Jason day on sports luck Noah was too scared of me leading it that's why he's not here today yep that's that's what it is sure facts facts (laughs) mad facts with Jason well you covered uh, a lot of the stuff that uh we were kind of just going to get out of the way at the beginning so we're not going to touch on too much of that for the rest of the show but uh, we are going to start with a couple minutes on baseball because we are all big baseball fans, and they just this week handed out the the two major awards, the MVPs and the Cy Youngs. Uh, so let's start with that. Uh, well, I guess we can start with did anyone have a problem with either of the MVP picks or Cy Young picks, or was anyone surprised? Do we want to go over all four of them? Because I know Rookie of the Year and Manager of the Year also happened. It wasn't that last week, though. I'm I can't to... remember. I was... Okay, well, we'll just say it now then. All right, the manager of the years were, uh, were Don Mattingly for the Marlins. Did a great job. And uh, it was Cash, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah so both of those were good. I mean, in the in yeah, the AO, I, mean, I didn't have any problems with those. I mean, those were kind of obvious choices too. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you wanted to give it to Rick Renteria, who of course got fired by the White Sox. But yeah, and, and we'll get into what happened with Tony Larusa. Oh boy, yeah. the White Sox are looking like a great um, franchise right now. Uh, rookie of the year, I felt kind of fine with. I know. Um, yeah. I was okay with Williams. I know people loved Cronenworth, but I think Williams had a good year. And obviously, Williams Kyle was Lewis, like historic. Yeah, and Kyle Lewis was was easily the best rookie in the year. Very AL. good. Yeah. But uh, for the for the other major awards that I mentioned, the MVP and the Cy Young, I I definitely would have given it to both Abreu and Freeman for the MVP, and I definitely would have given it to both uh, Bieber and Bauer. I thought you could make the argument for. You Darvish, or to a lesser extent, Jacob DeGrom, but I thought that they made the right choice. What did you guys think? Yeah, I thought all of them, respectively, were the right decision. Um, I mean, it, I mean, a bunch of other guys could have done it, but, you know, I, I think they picked the best guys and the guys that should have been there. And, yeah, I, no, I think they got it right this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree with you, Jason, that they could have made um, – there. I think there were more arguments made for Darvish than were for DeGrom. Um, Darvish had a really good year. Uh, also, I don't get why Max Reed didn't get any love. I know that you um, – uh, we talked about that. Uh, yeah, I said that, chat, yeah. Like a, yeah. I know he missed, like, a start or two, which I guess costs – I know, but he went 7-0 and with a 2-2 with, with ERA. I like, thought he should have got a little bit more love, and he finished fifth and, you know, Perspectively, who finished I fourth? Brought, I thought he finished. Was he? Who did finish fourth? I have no clue. That's why I was like, I, I forget off the top of my head. Respectfully, though, I think that uh, Freed should have been at least fourth, if not third or higher. Yeah, no, I like. I mean, Freed had a really good year. I was, um, I, I, I said this as a joke, but honestly speaking, like, I felt like if Bauer didn't get it, he was going to start up something. Just because knowing the personality that Trevor Bauer is, that makes sense. Um, he also was live stream, so like he was. Um, they had videos of all the players, or at least two out of the three, and he was live streaming uh, him mm. watching the Cy Young ceremony on his YouTube channel, which is hilarious. Um, so he ended up winning. Um, so good for him. Uh, it's going to look really, really good in free agency now, and he's going to get a lot more money. I just don't know if he's going to sign a long-term deal. Because he's he's he said publicly that he's against that kind of stuff, um, that he that he wants yeah, to just get maximum. He would just sign a one year deal. Yeah, right? exactly. He wants to get maximum but I mean, value. Who knows? Year. He could change his mind. Or now, now that he won Cy Young and had this dominant season, teams might be trying to throw like hundreds of millions. Of that's dollars true. That's true. Him, especially in this marketplace, he might just be like, "This is too good to pass up." Yeah, and then um, and then Bieber. Maybe uh, I could I could see a long term deal with like two or three opt outs in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a possibility. Uh, and then Bieber. Oh, I, I just mean, looked it up by the way. Uh, fourth place. Fourth place was Denelson Lamet. He also had a good year, though. Oh yeah, he was with the Padres. Um, I mean, I would have put Freed ahead of him because if you think about the fact that the Braves literally had two men, um, two pitcher, really good pitchers for the majority of the season after Soroka got hurt, and Freed really carried the team on his back after not that good of a season in 2019. I think that he should have been given a lot more love for that because he really helped that team. Um. Uh, push towards the playoffs and, and get a really, really good playoff position. Uh, in the AL, there was no question that Shane Bieber was going to win. I did predict him 
winning Cy Young at the beginning of the year. So I'm really happy about that. I wish he would have finished higher in the AL MVP race, but I realized that pitchers, I mean, you only pitch once every, every couple of days. So I can understand that uh, in the, so with MVP. Very hard to win MVP and Cy Young. That is true. That, I mean, we have seen it recently, like semi-recently, but yep. it's not like it happens all the time. Uh, I wanted to bray you to win, so I'm really happy that he won. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of voting for a pitcher to win. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There's a well, lot I of. I get it, but that's what I mean, the Cy Unless, sport, yeah, I was gonna say, unless the season like, is literally like, like the greatest season ever. You pitch in a yeah. regular season, like I don't know. So in the AL with the MVP, there was no question that it was going to be yeah. Abreu. I'm really pissed off because Lau was like the leading guy in the MVP race after like a month, and then he went on a huge slump. He ended up finishing eighth, which I was yeah, still happy Blake that he finished, finished top behind 10. him at ninth, which I thought was stupid because he led the league in home runs. They're like, yeah. yeah, we're going to put you ninth in the MVP. I think that Lau's contributions to the Rays helped more than his contributions to the Yankees because I think there was an. I mean, he he was a big. I'm not reason. just talking about Lau. I think Voight should have been on like in like the, like the top five. But uh, how do you lead? I mean, yeah, no, I yeah, I, I think that disrespect. Home runs. Yeah, there was a lot of disrespect the there. Um, I don't know. The voters voters want certain stuff. I mean, it's 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 funny because Trout finished fifth, and it's just like, oh, okay. I mean, he's still the best. Like, he's probably the best player that we've you know. Uh, he could be the best player that that we've ever seen in the history of baseball. Um, and just like casually finished. Don't finish go fifth. there. Don't go. Yeah, I'll go Don't there. He's the best player we've ever seen. In the I history said of baseball. he could be. I didn't right. say he right. is. I, mean, it's early I said career, he could still. be. What? It's early still in his career. Yeah, so. but he's at a point now where where it's it, it's a it's a tangible thing. Um, uh, and then in the NL, I was like. I don't really know. I mean, I was happy for Freeman that he won, but there was just like, I, I guess he was the clear person. Um, but just thinking about how many people were kind of in, in and out of that in the last couple, uh, I don't know, last couple of weeks of the season thing, people kind of phased in and out like Tatis was going to be there. Um, and then he, he slumped at the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, no, I, in terms of, in terms of, actual season performance freeman was the guy uh to pick there so i'm glad that they got both of those right all right well let's not spend too much time on this just like a minute or two but he brought up tony Larusa. yeah what a clown uh so that's that's not looking so good a hall of famer um he's got his ring i i think i mentioned on here before that i wasn't and i'm still i don't want to say i'm definitely against it but i told you on this podcast i think like in an episode or two ago that uh, I didn't hate the move as much as other people did because I thought he's still a good manager. And I thought that he – let's see if he can relate to the players. I wasn't really ready to just write him off as a bust. But, well, I mean, this is a bad look for the White Sox. Well, I was going to say, how are you feeling about it now? I mean, it doesn't affect his managerial skills, I don't think. But I think that it's not a good look. And I think that it's especially not a good look that this is his second time uh, with a DUI, I think I think it's a DUI. Um, you gotta look at the ring. Um, and I think the ring? last time was 2007, and he said this is an embarrassment and it's never gonna happen again and all this stuff. And then of course it did. So I don't I don't know what's going on there. I'm hoping he's not an alcohol. I'm hoping he's not an alcoholic and that he's okay. But who knows? At age 76, just 
things start to deteriorate. You gotta you, you gotta do something to keep keep yourself going. For I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I don't think the White Sox are gonna fire him or anything because I nah, think he's not Ryan gonna get fired. No, it's because they just hired Jerry Reinsdorf is committed to him. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. Yeah, but he's definitely on a tighter leash. Well, he's on a much tighter leash now. Yeah, I mean to I mean a DOI. The Yankee play-by-play announcer for TV. Hall of Famer baseball person. Yeah, the Yankee play-by-play announcer for TV. Should be the ones that are able to get away with DUIs. Who? <laughs> Who did this? That's what he said to the officer when he got pulled over. No, 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 but no, but Jason brought up some Yankees announcer. Uh, I was saying Michael K, the uh, the Yankees play-by-play announcer on TV. And yeah. Yeah, he hosts a radio show too in uh, New York. Oh, I thought he got caught with a DUI. I was like, Haha. no, 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 no. I'm just saying he brought up a point on his show that I thought was kind of interesting. What about this? And he said that Jerry Reinsdorf just tell Tony Larusa, okay, you're our guy, but this is what's going to happen from now on. You're giving up your driving privileges, and we're going to hire a driver that's going to take you to and from the game and <laughs> around because this we can't have this happening. Well, that's true. I'm I'm not against it. I'm Especially, against it. I mean, it's a repeated offense. So there's always there's an issue there. When you see re- repetitions, then you know it's not just the take it away, take away the privileges. That's not a. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I'm sure the team rather, you know, pay for him to be safe and. Yep. You know, not be dealing with because, you know, who knows if he's an alcoholic. But the signs definitely point to there's an issue when you have – when you're repeatedly driving under the influence. It's, it's not a good look. That's a big problem, especially, I mean, you know, for baseball, for people who – I mean, most people, since, you know, the average person with some in some professions get a DUI and they find themselves uh, – out of a job so no it's definitely not a good look and it needs to be taken care of and yeah i mean that, that's not a bad idea for him to not be driving anymore and i mean yeah. he's 76 so yeah let's move off baseball but but whatever happens there uh you know we'll cover it if anything else happens all right let's move on to the masters 2020 Masters Tournament, golf's arguably professional golf's greatest prize is winning the Masters. Uh, I am it not is the greatest prize of a yeah. golf fan, but I know that none of us are, uh, and I and I know that none of us are. But Alex has been watching it a little bit, so yeah, uh, Alex, why don't you talk about this? Yeah, this is like the four days. This is like the four days during the year that I actually end up watching golf. Uh, it's like it's like how most people are when when they turn on Wimbledon. It's like oh, this is the only time of the year when I'm actually going to watch tennis. And then you know, there's actually other good tennis tournaments that are on, but that's another story. Uh, so yeah, the Masters is going on. It's kind of weird. Um, I think for COVID reasons, they're deciding to they called it split. Now I don't know if split tees has been a phrase that they've used before, but um, like the second day is over, but the second round isn't over. So um, they're having staggered tee times. Uh, 
basically preventing people from being on. I, I think there's probably a certain time uh, during the day that you can be on. So like, it's like certain hours in the morning, certain hours in the afternoon until, until, um, yeah, uh, I didn't realize that cause I saw it set it suspended. I figured it was just like a weather issue or something. But no, I, it, no, I, it's just, I wonder if it's because also this tournament's normally in April and that's what after daylight savings time. So it's well, like, I mean, not just right that, now, but it's darker earlier. So maybe well, I mean, yeah, easier. but also it was weird because I was watching it and there were guys that finished the first round today and this is the second day. Mm-hmm. And then they started. So like they were showing the scorecards of the players um, and it, and basically the scorecard that it showed was the back nine and then the front nine or the front. Um, yeah. It, that, that was the weird thing was the back nine and, and then the front nine. So there's a bunch of guys, I think they said close to 50 um, golfers that haven't finished the second run fully. So people are golfing in different round. Like okay. COVID's just making everything weird. I don't That's really understand odd. it. Yeah. So going to um, just to make are this they going to finish? Yeah. Yeah. No. Everything is going to be finished. It's just things are um, are more staggered now to prevent people from interacting with each other. There's no fans in the stands. There's no stands at all. Like the 16, like hole 16 looks so weird now because there's usually stands along the um, along the left side of the fair. Um, not not of the fairway, but on the left side of the hole, and it's just not there. And it just looks really weird. And I'm like, oh, it's just a hole. Okay. <laughs> It, it, that was that was the thing um, where uh, so I found this out uh, apparently during the practice rounds of the Masters, um, the players on the 16th um, tee box it, it's quite large, um, but they're they're usually doing it from the back of the tee box. So they hit their approach shot um, onto the green, and then the tee box basically goes up to the cut of the grass, and then there's like a lake pond kind of thing. I guess it's more of a lake that just sits between the tee box and the green. And it's a tradition for players to try to hit a shot that basically skips over the water to then get it on the green. And during one of the practice rounds, um, so they go, again, this is still on the tee box. So if you want to consider it a home one, you can. But John Rahm, who is the current, I think he's the current world number two. He might, he, he might be the world number one. But he did that, hit his skip shot, skipped it over the water, went onto the green, hit the cut of it. Like it was, I mean, and then he sunk it. But the thing is, is that on on that green, for those that don't know, um, just watch it. But, um, or like look up um, uh, videos of the 16th, um, of the 16th hole at the Masters. But that green, there's a slope. And if you hit the slope the right way, it cuts down. And if the hole's cut right where the slope ends, then it's a it's it's a really really good chance that you're going to get a hole in one, and that's exactly what he did. And I know Jason was was beyond surprised by what he saw. Uh, it was it was it was quite a spectacle to watch because you're, I mean, you you think that it's not possible, and then someone does it, and then you realize that he's one of yeah. you know only a certain amount of people that can do that. Hmm. Well, uh, at the moment I'm recording this on the Friday night. So I was after gonna, I was going to say the leaderboard, round, I have the leaderboard right now. After There's, round two, during round two, I guess depending on after day after the second day of the Masters. So after yeah, after yeah. Friday's stuff, there's four guys that are there tied for the a, lead yeah, with nine four under. Way lead. Uh, and then there's Anther, a five Smith, Thomas and Johnson. Yeah, um, and then there is a four way lead for um, 
I guess tie. It says tied for fifth, but it's essentially second place second, in a way. Yeah. Um, uh, at, at eight under, um, so you have uh, Sonyai Im. I think that's how you say his name. Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantlay, and, and Rom. Like I said before, and then after that you have. Um, this is as far as I'm going to go, but I think you have a six-way tie, uh, five or six-way tie at seven under. Um, let me go find uh, Tiger. So Tiger right now. In the he's not through the second round yet, but he's at four under uh, through he's even through 10 in the second round. Uh, but he's at four under. Uh, Phil Mickelson is at five under. Brooks Kepka is at six under. I think the surprise of the tournament right now is Bryson DeChambeau, who said um, uh, he's he, he bulked up a lot in the offseason, um, got really, really swole. He uses a lot of analytics and stuff like that. And he said that par for him, so normal par is 72. He said par for him was 67. He ended up getting two bad lies uh, and finished at one under and didn't make the cut. Well, we, he, he still has to play more. What? Right. Doesn't he have a couple holes left? No, I think he's done. I'm pretty sure oh, DeChambeau's I, done. I, oh, what I'm looking at, I think it says there's a couple left, but I'm not sure. All right, let me go check this to make sure. He is – oh, he's through 12 at, at, at one over, so he's not looking good right now. But the cut, as of what I heard, the cut is going to be um, – Even. Yeah, yeah, the cut's going to be even, so he's going to – I mean, it is only one stroke to gain in seven holes or so. I mean, it's 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 not a lot if you're a professional golfer, but still for, for all of the smack talk that he was saying um, – uh, to hit that triple bogey today was not a good look for him, and then and literally he went he went plus five over three uh, three straight holes. So uh, not a good look for Bryson as we're going into um, is it yeah yeah not a good look for DeChambeau going into uh, day four of the Masters. All right, well I think that's all the Masters talk we have because we are not educated enough on golf to talk about it much more. I tried that. to sound educated, but I, I I'm like yo, uh, man hits man hits metal there. stick. Uh, Michael's man just takes, sitting there like he has no idea what's going on. So. Man takes white ball with metal stick and hits ball far. Well, golf. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, who are we even like? Like when people watch golf. Off. like is like for i mean i think most of it most of it i think is strictly like golf is like strictly betting like that's the only reason yeah well i was gonna say dechambeau uh, uh, is the know, betting favorite people like to follow their like favorites i'm just saying he's the betting favorite right now and he if he i guess like, are you hoping they win the masters or are you just hoping they do like well long, long shots are what people mostly like i mean that's just like in horse racing or like in tennis um, but like DeChambeau, if he doesn't make the cut, he'll be the first guy. And I think I saw like 50 years or something like that to be the betting favor coming in and not make the cut. I think it might be less than 50 years, but it's been quite a while since the last guy, um, uh, to have been the betting favorite, uh, have him not make the cut. Um, but normally, I mean, like, uh, there's, uh, I'm trying to think the person who's at the top right now is, is a long shot. There's a couple of guys that are long shots. I mean, Dustin Johnson's a world number one. He's not a long shot. Uh, Justin Thomas isn't a long shot. But, I mean, there's – you like, the betting man roots for the long shot yeah. to get to get paid. Poor man get paid. Um, so, Abraham Anser, I think that's the – him and Cameron Smith both weren't projected to be as good as they currently are. 
and then Sun Yai Im uh, and Patrick Cantlay. I don't think they were. Uh, I don't think their odds were great for them to win, um, but they're playing well. So there's, I mean, like like the guys that are, I mean, like the standard people that that you see that are going to be competing for the end. Some of them are there, but then there's always going to be those couple people that are um, just going to come out of nowhere. Yeah. All right. That's it for golf today. Yeah. Yeah. Too much, too much golf talk. I think we talked about it for 10 minutes. That's enough. NBA trade rumors. Rumors. Now I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but I do uh, recognize that there are some pretty big names being thrown around in the trade marketplace. Yes, indeed. Including Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. What do you, would you, let's start with you, Michael. What would you think of the Knicks getting either of these veteran players? What are your sources saying? And or where do you think these players could end up? What would be good fits for them? I mean, thinking about, do I think Russell Westbrook is going to the Knicks? I mean... Ooh, like, you're, you're, you're getting all giddy hearing that, but there's no way that he would actually willingly want to go to the Knicks. <laughs> a lot of people, though, are, a lot of Knicks fans are saying we don't want him. No, I know. They're like he's a veteran. They're saying past his prime. What are they going to do with this guy? Just him. What they're they complaining about a guy who's past his prime in Westbrook. Bro, they decided to sign Julius Randle after he was, like, way past his prime and gave him way too much money. Yeah, like, honestly, like, who are we – like, right now, we failed in free agency last year. Obviously, we know that. Kevin they should just hope for, here. like, a healthy player. Uh, you know, a juggernaut in Brooklyn and are trying to take over the New York basketball realm. But um, I am in Texas. I am hearing some buzzwords coming out from Russell Westbrook. I do not think he is going to New York. Um, it is – I wouldn't say it's totally off the table. I mean, New York does have money to spend. And, you know, it's something, you know, are they are the Knicks willing to – See, I, I'm more in the boat that – $130-plus yeah. million. Dollars I'm more in the boat that, that this is what the Knicks should not be doing. I don't think they should get Westbrook even though I think it would be good for them in some ways because I guess they could make a playoff appearance. Well, that's like, yeah, I mean, at least they would be playing some meaningful basketball. But I feel like the way they should do it with all this cap room they have is they should try to take some of the bad contracts, take some of the contracts that teams are trying to clear and get assets in return, whether that's players. They should, like, oust James Dolan. Those players. Can yeah. can there be like a fan like coup to get I think rid of the best Dolan? Way to build is with young players and with draft picks, but you know, so you take the veteran back, but you ask for a young stud back or a draft pick. My prediction after hearing him uh, over the last you know day or so, a couple hours, my I think he I think Miami might be a good potential good fit, especially. Uh, how they fared last year going to the NBA Finals. And he might be a pretty good asset to get them over the hump or get them another appearance into the finals to go deep. Um, I would say, you know, even even other Florida teams may work, will work good for him, I think. Um, You know, the Magic have, I don't think the, I mean, 
when's the last time the Magic had a premier point guard? Yeah. So, um, Alex, what do you think? Chime in here. Yeah. Um, well, first off, is there a way to get a fan coup to get rid of Dolan? No. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start the fan coup to get rid of Dolan. You're going to be God. thrown out and banned from the garden. Oh, yeah, I don't care. I have no reason. I mean, unless I'm, like, covering a game there, I really don't Madison have any reason. Madison Square Garden is the world's most famous arena, and it does not take that name lightly. It's the best it arena. Also, it also, okay, you know, I'm fine with going. houses the world's worst basketball team. I'm, I'm fine with yeah. settling for Maryland basketball games at Xfinity Center. Like, I don't really care about that. I'm not going to, like, suffer. Um so I heard, well, people were talking about, I think it was, maybe it was the either Harden or Westbrook uh, rumors of, of, of both of them uh, possibly going to the Sixers, to which I say no, because thinking of the polarizing figures that the Sixers currently have and the fact that they're unable to gel, uh, maybe probably the fact that the reason was because uh, Brett Brown wasn't a hard enough coach on them and didn't actually know, you know, it wasn't, you know, Jimmy Butler was right in what he said that um, basically let the players do what they wanted and didn't try to take any account and the players didn't take any accountability for what they did. And Brown didn't try to step in and actually create some sort of a, um, uh, you know, an, an atmosphere where players are accountable for themselves. Um, but still with that in mind, there was, there's no way that either of them based on their style of play would work with the Sixers you have to think they would they would make most sense going to a team where that doesn't exist. Miami's a tough place to do that because Jimmy Butler's already that me 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 personality, and as much as that would Chris really Paul help, might work better there. Yeah, CP3 would work a lot better in Miami because he's at the end of his career now, and he is he's still productive though. He's still, yeah, he, he I, he's I still productive, think he but he's making all star game. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's definitely much more towards the end of his career, um, and he uh, much more than Westbrook is. Yeah, much more than Westbrook is, but he would he would complement Butler a lot better because he's not that me 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 guy. He's much more of a, a a facilitator. You have to think Westbrook would work in an environment where he can be the me 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 guy, and I'm so trying to think of like. You know, I'm I'm thinking too. I I think the best fits. I'm trying to think of like good teams because he wouldn't want to go to well, a bad I, I team. He Phoenix, would want to go to a good team. Phoenix works for either of them. A good team, maybe than the Clippers. No, 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 no. way. No, because Paul George is there, and he and we've already saw what happened when Westbrook and George were together Paul in George OKC. Saying. I mean, maybe that would work better because if 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 George stays in LA, um, and uh, and then Westbrook goes there, that would work. But I don't think him and Kawhi would work together as a group. Uh, I mean, maybe Toronto? Yeah. Maybe Toronto, Toronto wants to do that because there's no – situation is. Well, I, I was going to say there's no main – I mean, Kyle Lowry sucks. I mean, Fred Van Fleet's so, going to leave in free agency. He's going to go get uh, paid. Yeah, no, Lowry's – Lowry doesn't – he doesn't matter as much. Um, I, I thought Dallas, but you don't want to screw up Luka. No, that's not going to work. Yeah, that wouldn't work. San Antonio? San Antonio is a possible. I was thinking Minnesota, um, but Minnesota is too bad of a team. Maybe Detroit. I don't know. I mean, they have they have Griffin right now. Um, Some of these. I think Orlando. I heard someone talking about Orlando. I could see that because Orlando doesn't really have that star player. I mean, 
Aaron Gordon doesn't isn't a ball hog just because of the position yeah. that he plays. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, I still I think, I, I think Detroit. What you said is okay, but what about Atlanta to put with? No, no, that would be a terrible idea. No, they're building a young core there, and to get Westbrook would be stupid because then you'd have to trade away a bunch of really good assets. And based on – so right now the core that they have is uh, Trey Young, John Collins, uh, DeAndre Hunter. They have Herder there. They have Fernando there. They have um, – oh, my God, Cameron Cam Reddish. Uh, there's – like a Jack really, I would try for one of them. I mean, I don't. No, no, they they have they have a really really good young core right now, and they're all building together as one. And to get rid of any of them would kind of ruin where they're going because they've tanked to this point to get this team, and then to get rid of a bunch of those guys to get Westbrook and then have him not work out because Trey Young's already that ball hog kind of person, um, is 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 not a good idea. I think Trey Young works fine in that system, but you can't have Westbrook go in there and try to like you would basically you'd have to give up a really 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 good package to keep Trey Young and then get Westbrook I just thought of one that I think makes a lot of sense what not not for Paul for obvious reasons because he used to play there but for Westbrook and that would be New Orleans because Westbrook with Zion maybe the maybe the Rockets Get back like Drew Holiday and some other players. Wait, well, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, isn't isn't Holiday me guy? Then he, he's less say, of a mini me guy than Westbrook, though. Well, I mean, I mean, isn't 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 Holiday trying to get shopped right now? I'm like, aren't sure. they shopping him? If I if I remember correctly, I mean, that would be a good move to be honest. Because if like thinking about all of that, I'll go to New Orleans next week and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mike needs to get his sources. No, but thinking about that. I mean, you have – who do you have? You have Brendan Ingram. You have Reddick still there for another year. Zion's coming up. Uh, Lonzo is there. I don't know if Lonzo would cause a problem. I, I, th- I don't think Lonzo's a Mimi me person. Because I, think, so. I, no, think, that, I, I think that would work fine. Um, I mean, I could see it. It's just – like, I think Westbrook wants to be on a team that's going to win. And New Orleans, even with him in there, is not in a position to win a championship anytime soon. So he's I mean, not to be honest. I mean, I mean, the teams that are in a position to win would probably be Milwaukee in the East, maybe Brooklyn in the East, depending on what Miami. Milwaukee could trade for him if they decide to give big bucks to Giannis to keep him there. Um, yeah. They could trade for him, have Westbrook at the one uh, instead of who would it be? I don't Bledsoe know if that instead. would work so well. I mean, it would be it would be him, Middleton, and and Giannis would be I don't the big know if three there. Keep Middleton then, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, because I know Bledsoe's their point guard right now, so he'd, he'd, he'd definitely be an upgrade from Bledsoe. It's just I don't know what their cap situation's like, because Milwaukee's getting to a point where they're going to be desperate because they had two straight I mean, I, I years where they were the best team. Me. Yeah, yeah, they had two straight years where they were the best team in the league and they didn't win a championship and they fell out pretty early. Um, so if they, I think if they haven't resigned them yet, like he's going. Yeah, I mean we'll see where he goes. I don't know where he's going to go. I was thinking Miami. I actually think Miami would be perfect. Um, yeah, that could work. L.A., there might be cap space problems. Like, I think, honestly, with, with what Miami has, well, Leonard, considering – And Kawhi's going to be a free agent next year, too, probably. No, no, no. I wasn't talking about I – was, I was talking about the Lakers instead of the Clippers. Oh, well, but, I, like, Miami doesn't really have that I don't cap. know. I, I mean, Miami, Miami doesn't have those cap problems because – 
a lot of their guys that are good, like like Robinson is in his second or third year. Hero is going to be in his second year, so he's still in his rookie deal. I think Robinson would be on his rookie deal too. Denver maybe. Denver, I could see. Denver would be interesting. That would be interesting. I, I would that would be cool. But again, cap cap. I think Utah would be cool too. Nah, he's not gonna Put be him with Utah. Donovan Mitchell. Nah, man, Rudy Gobert gives people COVID. I, I don't think he wants to deal with that. I don't I don't think Rudy Gobert is gonna be there much longer. Yes, that's true. He's a he's a bad character. There's trust issues. All right. Let's move on. I think that's enough of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're good with the we're good with the basketball talk for now. Also coming up, we the NBA draft is next Wednesday, and we should be having an NBA draft preview show. I'll get a few people on. Uh, we'll talk about the draft, possible lottery picks, number one picks, top five picks, uh, all that good stuff. So look out for that before the draft uh, next Wednesday. The I'm gonna I'm gonna play with the order here a little bit. Uh, okay. Normally we end with the NFL picks. But this week I want to do them here and then do one more segment after that. Okay. So let's do the NFL picks now. I'm just going to go through a couple of the good games. Uh, okay. I have to go through all of them. Okay, we don't have to go in depth about it. I, I mean, if we want to, I, mean, just I don't, don't really know if there's crazy. many stories to tell about this week. I mean, McCaffrey is out again, but he might be back next week. Yeah. Cobb is probably returning. There's not like a ton of news in the NFL from last week. All right. Um, Interesting games. I'm going to say this is the two teams that are not in the Giants because if the Giants win the game, they're back in the division race. And if the Eagles win, it looks like they're just going to run away with the division. Okay. So the line is Eagles minus four, and it's at the Giants. What are you guys thinking? Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Giants made it look very interesting their last game at the link. A couple Thursdays ago, um, it is a big game. I mean, the Eagles have beaten the Giants now eight straight games, uh, so it has been a little been a little while since the Giants uh, have taken victory over Philadelphia. I can see it going either way. I think Philly has shown a little bit more promise uh, since they last faced each other. It's going to be interesting if if Daniel if Danny Dimes can hold on to the football and not turn it over. I say Giants or win trip on air. That too. I say the Giants can win, but because I know him very well, I don't think that's going to be the case, and I'll have to pick the Eagles. But it it would be nice to see you if think the Eagles cover the four points. Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm going to agree. Eagles are going to cover. Giants don't look good. Um, Eagles don't look that great either. But in the NFC least, the Eagles look like the best team. Uh, so, and I think that what they have in their wide receivers, I think their wide receivers are, are, um, are growing into the season. Like as the season's going on, I think they're maturing and getting better. So I think that's a good thing for Wentz. I just, there's, I mean, there is a lot of problems right now. Like it, it uh, in Wentz's confidence. He hasn't been the same guy at all since he tore his ACL. And that's really shown this year. I mean, his mobility is just not the same as it, as it is. And he just doesn't look as confident um, in the pocket when he's going to throw. I know that Peterson has um, seems to have had his back. I know Brett Favre said some things about it. And then Peterson was like, he's, you know, like we're still friends, but like I'm back in Carson and 
there's just a whole bunch of problems. Uh, so this game is going to be really important. I am, I'm going to go Eagles with the points, but like, I mean, Eagles, Eagles to cover, but it's just like, it's not going to be a good game. No, um, I think it won't be a good game. I think it'll be close, but yeah, I'm gonna uh, no, I just think it won't be entertaining because both teams suck. I'm taking the Giants. I think that they've been playing a lot better in recent weeks. They won last week, and they won the turnover battle five to nothing. They need some reprieve for the Jets blowing the lead against the Patriots. I know Washington isn't great. If if Daniel Jones takes care of the football, they win this game. Yeah, I mean that's what he did last week. Right. If he does that again, I think that I think the Giants. I think that's probably the key to the game. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I'm gonna say the Giants win the game. All right. Uh, let's go with, hmm, all right. I don't know if this will be a great game or not. I mean, the Panthers have been scoring a lot of points, but Buccaneers at Dota. Panthers, I'm just Ooh. curious because. Hmm. What's the, the line? Uh, Bucks by five and a half. Bucks I'm just curious to see how the Bucks respond after getting shellacked by New Orleans last week. I, I think that the Panthers played a good game against Kansas City, even though they lost. And they played that game close. 31, they did. They played yeah, it really I'm going Carolina uh, went outright. Right. I don't know. I, I think for whatever reason, the Bucks can't seem to handle the Saints, but they have shown in the past that they can uh, handle like every better. other team, basically. What's that? They basically can handle every team besides the Saints. Exactly. It's just the Saints. Like, yeah. they could, you know, they could be that team in the NFC, except, you know, they can't get by the Saints. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. But, um, yeah, I mean, without McCaffrey's out again. So, I, yeah, I think it's – I think the Bucks should win this game. If they don't, it's going to be a very bad look. Um, yeah. For these guys to make a run, but yeah, I'm going to take the Bucks, but I'll have the Panthers cover. Right, I'm going to go with the Bucks and they cover. All right, the next game is actually a, a good game between two good teams that could both be in the playoffs. Uh, Bills at Cardinals. Cardinals Ooh. favored by two and a half. Mm-mm. No, that's a bad line. Uh, the Bills surprised me last week more than I thought that they would. Um, and I think the Bills win outright, and they win by a lot. I think they win by two touchdowns. <laughs> Josh Allen looked like an MVP last week, so I'm backing him. You don't know him. what Josh Allen you're going to get, though. And I know, but I'm backing him. I'm, I'm, I'm backing him. I, he, he's coming into his own as a QB, and they're in, they're in Arizona or are they in Buffalo? They're in Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Well, if, well, I mean, Arizona, hot air. Uh, it's indoors. Yeah, I I know, but the roof could be open. It's at a higher elevation. I mean, ball travels for him. He's got a, he's got a big arm. I'm taking yeah, I'm taking the Bills. They're covering the. All right, I think we're all taking the Bills then, but I think it could be close. I don't think it's going to be two touchdowns. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out on a limb. All right, Seahawks. Seahawks at Rams. Ooh. Seahawks are gonna. I'm gonna go first on this one, and I wanna, I wanna tell you right now, I'm taking the Rams to win oh. this game, and at this point in the season, I'm going to go out on a limb, and say that the NFC looks so weird right now, because I mean the Saints have issues, the Seahawks, Packers, Bucks. I think all these teams have issues. Oh, the AFC is clearly the better league, including the Rams, yeah. but I think that the Rams make the playoffs. 
And I think that there's a very good chance they go on a run to at least get to the Super Bowl because they might be the least flawed out of all those teams. So that would imply that you're picking the Rams, Rams, right? Seahawks at Rams, Rams favored by two. I just, I don't know. I don't see that, though. I don't know. I still think as much issues as all these teams have, I think I think some of it is just what you see on a typical Sunday. Like any like on any given Sunday, it's like anyone can win. Any given but I Sunday. Think as, far as, as far as the grind through an NFL season and into the postseason, I don't see the Rams coming out of the NFC. But we never know. Um, I'll take the Seahawks. What's the line? Two. 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 Rams. Rams by, Rams by two. two. Oh, Rams by two. Um, I'll take the Seahawks. I mean, they're such a good team. I can't believe they performed so poorly against the Bills, but I think it'll turn around. Alex, I mean, yeah. even the Giants were in the game against these guys. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Um, I'm going Seahawks outright. Uh, uh, Russell had a bad game last week, and he's going to bounce back, and he's going to have a good game. Hopefully, Lockett will actually feature more and have more catches, and obviously, DK Metcalf. He could probably kill any man that gets in front of him. The dude is an absolute machine. Uh, so, going with the Seahawks. Nice story featured on ESPN last week by him. What, about DK? Yeah. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I read it, but I'm sure it was good. No, it was like on, the, on like television, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, that was, that was a good story. Let's do the two night games. Your, Two night uh, games. Ravens at Patriots on Sunday night. Ravens favored by seven. Yep, Ravens cover. <laughs> hard. I think we're all in agreement on that one. Okay, Ravens by it. three touchdowns. The Patriots are going ballsy. three points. Come on now. Ravens, Ravens win by three touchdowns. <laughs> Lamar is going to go and, off. And the Monday night game. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, Vikings <laughs> at Bears. Vikings favored by three points. And it's at the – This is a good game. This is – The this Bears is, are such a fluky team. Weird. It looks like the Vikings no. were out of it. They had such a bad start. Now they uh, they beat the Packers. And uh, they beat them badly. But that but that was also just Dalvin badly, Cook. I mean, they just scored a lot of points. <laughs> it was just but, Dalvin Cook just running well, up and down it, the field. It was all Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, he's it. looked awesome this year. Dalvin Cook, you know. Last With that being said, Vikings, because Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings. <laughs> I'll go Vikings as well, but, yeah, this is – I don't trust the Bears. Yeah, no. Is is Nikki is Nikki, Nikki Foles still still the uh, still the QB? Yep. Yeah, he hasn't, he, he hasn't looked great. I'm <laughs> sure the Packers should be able to run away with not the same QB since he left. Uh, since he left the Eagles. All right. Well, that that brings us to our last segment of this week's podcast. Last segment. This, what? Last segment. Yeah. I know. I was just uh, echoing it. <laughs> Mike. Mike gets the Monday night. So. <laughs> this is something. That I've been, for the last segment. This is something that I've been wanting to talk about. What? Brandon Lau, I get it. <laughs> Curling. What will oh. what will attending games essentially be like once once COVID is done? Uh, Mike, did you go to the soccer game during COVID? Yes, I did. And I, I yeah, all right. So what was that like? 
That was interesting. So that was literally, I was like, I was with my friend Cole and I was talking to him and I was like, this is like the first game. The last sporting event I was at was back in March, obviously. And I literally, I went to the first game of the season and just to even like think like what happened, what has transpired since then is incredible. But, uh, well, as far as what was it like, I mean, I've also been to, like, amusement parks uh, around the country. And, you know, obviously, face masks are required. Um, there's a lot of hand, hand sanitizing stations. As far as what it was like for the soccer game, there were, you know, same protocols still applied. They take your temperature before you go in. Um they just make sure you wear a mask and uh, there weren't for, I was in Orlando's Orlando city versus NYCFC. Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago. They're actually in the playoffs next weekend, go New York city um, playing against each other. And, you know, they have tickets like, and what, and what I've seen, like looking at tickets, like for sporting events, you know, such as we talked about, like, the NLCS was having fans and the World Series was having fans. And what you find out now is that tickets are so much more expensive because, number one, they can't sell as much. And, number two, it's very hard to find single tickets because they sell them now in groups so that they can get the most out of the uh, complex because they want you to – because you're allowed to sit within your group – but you had to be spaced out from other groups. Well, and they're also trying to prevent the single tickets. That's the whole point of it is selling it in groups and they can prevent people from reselling them. Right. And that's also true. But um, for baseball, it was like that soccer. It's kind of like that, but if there are single tickets that do go up for sale, they do sell them. I do find them. Uh, they're very difficult to find, and also yeah. usually they're a lot more expensive. You could probably buy two tickets. Like, I know the Bengals are hosting fans, and later this month when the Giants are there, you could buy, like, two tickets for the same price as one. So it's like, you don't, like, for me, I wouldn't go unless I could find someone else to go because it doesn't make sense for me to buy a ticket worth that could be worth yeah. two tickets. Um for me, as far as how I feel around COVID, I mean, obviously, I've been traveling a lot. I've been, uh, you know, going out a lot, going to place a lot of places. Now, keep in mind, I've still been being safe. You know, always wear a mask, and I still stay away from people, even though, as hard as it to believe, even though I'm going into these events or you know anywhere I go, I'm still able to find myself away from people because still. The bottom line is the people that are being allowed into these uh, areas are still uh, fewer than, you know, normal. They're not nowhere near max. Well, all right. Well, to kind of answer my original question, though, what do you think the game, attending a game will be like, like next year or something when? So I... Better. So as far as the country right now, I think next year... As far as next year goes, I don't think – obviously, COVID's still going to be around. It's not going anywhere next year. I think – I mean, might, it might never 
totally go away. Well, yeah, but I, I think, like, once we get a vaccine, there won't be as much of a... All right, well, let's, let's say, like, next football season, then, because that's a while away. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a while away. Uh, I mean, I saw, like, Ticketmaster is trying to... Uh, yeah, I'm going to get into that. Yeah, yeah like, uh, com- you know, for you, for fans to take a COVID test and, you know you have to like test negative in order to, you know, then it gets sent to this lab that gets, yeah. uh, sends the results to Ticketmaster and then it either, you know, approves you to get your ticket uh, if you test negative. Um, I think that's smart. I saw the Warriors are um, paying, they're willing to spend the money for all these COVID tests in yeah. order to keep the stadium or the arenas half full so i i mean i think there's ways we can definitely do it um as far as how do i feel about it i would i mean as long as the protocols are being met and people are wearing actually wearing their masks and you know even even when they're eating or drinking well i mean do you think do you think we're gonna have to wear masks at these games next september yeah i do I think so because I think it's still going to be a long. We're still going to be a while out because I think the main, the main issue we're going to have is distributing the vaccine, and I think people are still going to be very cautious, uh, with the vaccine or without a vaccine. I think at least next year. I mean, people may be slowly fading it away. I still think, in some of these places, it's still going to be mandated that they ask you to wear a mask. Um, Maybe I'm not sure what I think about that. I mean, I, I think they're... Definitely at least inside the arenas. Maybe not stadium. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it just depends on the... I don't, think, I don't think that it's going away so quick. So I, don't, I, I haven't seen any stepping stone because, I mean, you got to imagine the first stepping stone would be, um, well, first, a vaccine. Like, well, we haven't even gotten there yet. Right. But I, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe like masks optional. Like, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, everyone... what will it be like though? Do you think, all right, what I about, think it'll, it'll eventually go back to, you know, and eventually you think it'll be pretty normal. Like, or do you think yeah. like, no, I food, mean, people, food people procedures think... are going to be different. Like how people serve food at these games and stuff. Do you... No, no. I mean, it, it's, because, like, it was fairly, like, at the game, it was fairly similar to how you would get food any other time. You, I mean, yeah, you line up, you so you distance yourself. Um, but, you know, you go up there, you get your food, and then you go out. Now, there are procedures for exiting the stadium. Like, they want you to follow, like, you know, as far as where your seat is and to go to enter and exit to the closest gate. Mm-hmm. They want you to do that, but were they very, were there like people that were strictly enforcing it? No, but that was like a small soccer game. Maybe they would do that at like a you know one of the four major sporting. Maybe when it's a hundred percent capacity, or I don't know. Yeah, maybe when it gets to that point. But I feel like once we if if we get to a time where we go back to a hundred percent capacity, I feel like COVID probably is going to be not almost irrelevant. All right. I can't well, imagine that we would ever get to that point when COVID's still around. Let's 
let's get Alex's thoughts here and then I'll go into the t- kind of the Ticketmaster stuff, but let's get Alex's uh, point. Yes. Uh, the last sporting event that I attended professional or non-professional was, I believe it was on March 11th. Uh, it was a Maryland baseball game. They played um, James Madison. They ended up losing the game. The, the losing part doesn't matter, but that was the last time that I stepped foot inside of a, you know, except for other things, that's the last time I actually stepped foot inside of a, um, any sort of venue for a professional uh, or for a, for a sporting event of any kind. Um, as of right now, there is nothing that I will do. Like I, there is no reason for me to attend a sporting event live in person for the, for the near future, unless I'm getting paid to, to, to go there and cover the game. I have no reason to to as much as I want to. We are not even close to a point yet where I feel it is even remotely safe to have fans in the stands or to even have sports being played right now. I mean, the amount of cases we're 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 closing in on over uh, one hundred and fifty thousand cases a day now. I mean, this is like I mean, the third I mean, wave, I, and I it's just a big conversation. I think definitely is you know, who feels more comfortable with what. It kind of seems like, you know, not to judge either of you, but, you know, you're kind of in one camp on this and Mike's kind of in the other camp. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. They just hear the differing perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, again, I really, really, really want to go to a sporting event, but it's just in my mind, based on the amount of the – or, like, the the lack um, – the, the narcissism in this country, the lack – of people actually following masks mandates, the there being no national mask mandate, there's a lot more of a and people just being stupid because there's always idiots in society. It's not like everyone's some perfect person. Uh, the number of cases that we've had has continued to skyrocket, and it's not a good thing. And I just don't feel comfortable going to a sporting event. Luckily, right, well, I have a TV, and I can watch all the sporting yeah. events on TV. And but I what do, do want to say, what the game will be like, though. When you, yeah, when okay. You so it, first off, I I think that the earliest the earliest that we are going to get some sort of eradication of this is 2022. Like, okay. like it, I think that 2021 we're still gonna have a lot of problems. Um, we are so you still. You don't think the vaccine's going to really be effective, or? No, what? I think it's going to be effective. It's just the numbers aren't going to go down as quickly as people think. Like even with the distribution of it, I think that they said, um, uh, depending on how um, much they're able to actually distribute it, it's just I don't see it it getting actually out of you know getting. I don't think it's going to get eradicated, but I think 2022 is going to be the earliest that we're going to see some sort of. Um, you know, semblance back to normalcy, and it's it's not going to be what we experienced before. Like, it's not, it's 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 not going to be like the sporting events. Um, so, what do you think going to a game will be like? Well, I think you're going to see a lot more people wearing masks. I think you know, once we get to a normal point, I'm not talking about like now with with yeah. attendance restrictions and all that. I think that people are going to be scared to want to go to events. They're going to stay home and they're going to watch it, or they're just not going to watch it at all. Uh, there's going to be more people that are going to be wearing masks um, that that you're going to see. And I think that's going to depend on where you go. I think as we've seen in the Southern part of the United States, there's not as much uh, want to wear it. Uh, so people just haven't worn it as much. And you've seen this visually in a lot of different places. And, you know, 
at those games down south, I don't think people are going to be wearing the masks as much. And they're definitely I mean, not going to be mandated I mean, as much. Even people that are wearing masks, though, it can be dangerous when you get in situations like you had at the Notre Dame-Clemson game last week when Notre Dame had a big win, but, like, thousands of Notre Dame fans yeah, that was that was standing so, within, like, an inch of each other. Yeah, that was so stupid. That was – and, yeah, with masks, that was – like – and again, that's a situation because people were, and, um, and I'll do this quickly, but people were getting all angry because, oh, there were celebrations going on the, the exact same day over the election of the new president. And I'm like, okay, but one of those situations was in a controlled environment, meaning Notre Dame, where Notre Dame decided that they wanted to have fans in the stands for that game. They could have said, no, we don't want anyone in the stands for that game. And then that wouldn't have happened because they had the ability to control it and they decided, A, we're going to have fans in the stands, and B, the security that's going to be there is not going to try to stop to – like attempt to try to stop any of the students from going on the field. Like e- even if they did try to stop it, it was a poor attempt because it didn't seem like they cared at all to try to yeah. stop them. Um, versus the other situation, which is literally public places in cities around the United States where it's I'm next sure to – pu- I'm sure that's going to lead to a lot of cases too. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm just saying one is a lot more preventable. Yeah. One is a lot more preventable than the other because one is in a public place in a city where it's like it's much harder to try to prevent people from going there and then the other one is in a football stadium where you could have explicitly said no fans. So both mm-hmm. of them extremely terrible situations that shouldn't have happened, but one much more easily preventable than the other. Going back to and then just finishing up uh my thing about games so People are going to be a lot more cautious. It's just going to be, like, a lot weird. People are going to be a lot more cautious about what's going on. People are going to be a lot more wary of the situations that are going on. I feel like people are going to be a lot less uh, willing to, like, interact with other people. So, like, not people within their family. Like, if they want to, like, go high-five someone. Like, I I feel like there's going to be less high-fives, more fist-bumping or elbow-bumping or stuff like that. It's just, like – Yeah, I can see that. I think that people are waiting for it to happen because people want normalcy back, but it's also people are going to be like starting off. People are going to be really, really hesitant to want to go full throttle because people don't want things to ramp back up again. Like they are right now. Well, good answers. Um, I want to get into these two articles really quickly before we wrap up and that'll Mm -hmm. be it. This will be quick. The first is from Billboard, and this is more about talking about concerts with Ticketmaster, but I think it kind of applies to sporting events too because Ticketmaster runs a lot of these sporting events as well. Can we can we normalize, speaking of the concerts, can we normalize, like, I don't know if you guys seen, have, have seen, like, the pods where like, where, like, people go to concerts and then you're in, like, a pod? Yeah. Yeah, I, can we normalize that? Because like I'm fine with that for like like I like no, I, I love GA's shows. I love yeah, yeah. I, I know you like mosh pits, but I mean like honestly, like I'd be fine with just like being in my own pod, just vibing out in my own pod, not and not having a any... mosh pit. But just I just love I don't know being yeah, on the no, floor. No, you with can everyone. just do the pods, man. The pods are great. I was like, oh, why aren't people doing this before? Like this is such a good idea. All right, Ticketmaster. <laughs> Basically, what this article says from Billboard is that. Uh, here, I'll just read this. As part of that preparation, Ticketmaster has been working on a framework for post-pandemic fan safety that uses smartphones to verify fans' vaccination status or whether they've tested negative for the coronavirus within a 24- to 72-hour window. Many details of the plan are still in development. Um, Let's see, what else here? 
All right. A lot of this would go through a third party source like Clear or IBM to get the health pass. So basically you would need a credential, a health credential to attend a concert, or I guess in this case, it would be sporting events. Um, so basically you either need a COVID vaccine or to have a COVID test turn out negative within 72 hours of the event. Um, Ticketmaster will not hold on to your medical records. Basically, there were a lot of people were up in arms about this. Uh, and then Ticketmaster basically tried to kind of clarify this a little bit the next day. Uh, I'm looking at this here from ABC7 in Denver, Colorado. Ticketmaster, a spokesperson said, they tried to explain that Ticketmaster does not have the power to set policies around safety and entry requirements, which include vaccines and or testing protocols. That would be up to the discretion of the event, of the event organizer based on their preferences and local health guidelines. So basically it sounds like this isn't going to just be on Ticketmaster. This is going to come down to whatever the event organizer wants to do and whatever local health guidelines say but that basically Ticketmaster will, to attend one of these events, it is possible you will still need to either have the negative COVID test or the vaccine. And honestly, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm kind of feeling kind of negative about it because I think there's a lot of things that need to be answered. Uh, how are you going to make sure that your, that your personal health information is secure? How, are they going to require rapid COVID tests or regular ones? Because sometimes the regular ones can take a while to get a, re to get a test result back. I've seen that it can take like a week for you to get your result and they want this done within 72 hours of the, of the event. Even the rapid ones are much less uh, effective in determining if you actually have COVID or not. A lot of people don't like to get vaccines. How is that going to work for these people? I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered here. And what happens if you don't get the vaccine, but you get the test, the test turns out to be positive, whether it's a false positive or not, what happens with refunds and all that? Do you get your money back or is it like, oh, I spent $500 on a ticket to this event and I can't go because apparently I have a positive COVID test, whether it's a false positive or not, do you get your money back? How does that work? So I think there are a lot of questions that to be answered with this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and also like, um, does it matter who does the testing? Does it have, does, can it be for my local Rite Aid? Can, does it have to be like from an urgent care? There's um, too many unanswered questions with that. That would leave me on. really uneasy about it. I mean, even like, because I mean, what, what you said, they don't keep the tests. So like they basically just get the information for whatever you're going to and then they get rid of it. Like even that I don't feel 100% okay about because you see, yeah. like they say that, but that doesn't mean that they're actually going to do it. Yep. That's what I'm wondering about. And let's be real here. I mean, Ticketmaster isn't exactly the squeaky, a squeaky clean company. I mean, they have, they have their issues. Yeah, they have a lot of issues. Yeah. And also, it looks like they're going to basically eliminate paper tickets and go all digital. Um, with their smartphones, which I don't know how I feel about. I, I still think there should be a place for paper well, and physical tickets, especially I mean, for the older generation. Yeah, I like paper tickets because they're like cool to collect. But I mean, yeah, I usually are. like, this isn't for, I mean, 
and not not for college games, but for like pro. But even like I mean, NFL teams do that. Like I think the Jets and the Giants don't allow paper tickets anymore. I think it's yeah. I was gonna easy. say most of the things that I've dealt with in terms of like going to pro games recently has all been me just um, using my phone and then uh, having the ticket downloaded on there. So that's not much of a problem. But I do like it's collecting. Not, but tickets. I think there's. Yeah, I like having the collectible also. And like I said, for the older generation, I feel like it's kind of can be a little discriminatory against them or if you don't yeah, want to well, buy a well, smartphone. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't well, know how to use their damn phones. What could be looked at as discriminatory is that some people with these COVID tests have to go through their health insurance. And if someone who yeah. doesn't have good health insurance and has to pay $60 for a COVID test versus other people who have good health insurance and get it for free, it's a must. Be taken as discriminatory, and yeah, there's a lot. Of what we're dealing with problems. in this country to have that as an additional discriminatory offense is not what we need, for sure. So. Yeah, there's already enough problems that we're dealing with. Yeah. We don't need extra problems. So uh, 2020 guess, is already like destroying everything. I don't need anything. Else. I don't. I don't trust Ticketmaster strategy here, and I think they're yeah, going that's a, a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. I agree. What's the it's, other it's, article? I, mean, oh, wait, I think sorry. airlines might be in a similar situation also or vacations and traveling and things like that because what's going to happen with that i mean i think they're kind of trying to look at this also oh, there's going to be a lot more so, I mean, car a travel lot to figure out here there's, there's going to be a lot more car travel than air travel i feel like yeah people are going to sacrifice convenience for safety what's going to happen i just know that we need to get this thing fixed and i think that live events of any kind are kind of in danger of happening with or without fans until uh, until that happens. And I think that especially with fans, and I think uh, you're not going to see the big capacities. You're not going to – you're going to see people scared. But I think that I'm kind of going to take the opposite approach to Alex, which is that he said he thinks people are going to be scared. And I, I agree, people will be scared. But I think more people will be excited and just amped up to go – get out and do something because i think some people are going to just throw caution into the wind and just be like screw this man i've been in my house for a year i need to go see some i need to go see my guns and roses you know i was gonna say like are people have have have, have people never just like i know but like have people never been isolated in their rooms before like i like i'm kind of fine with just like chilling at home but like all the i know but like even this long like i've learned to adapt to it i mean having people like like how have people not found a way to adapt to it over the last seven months? I feel like that's I mean, kind of insane. I've adapted to it, but like I, you know, barely. <laughs> like I, bro, I'm just kind of chewing right now. Well, to Jason's to Jason's point, what I'm to get, getting at is that yeah, sure, I've adapted to it, like quote unquote. I mean, I've been doing pretty much whatever I want within the confines of intelligence and you know the rules that are in place. So. I mean, you'll see a lot of different views. I don't think they'll all, I don't, I, I don't believe all people will be scared. I mean, our commander in chief is not scared of this virus and a lot of people have voted for him this yeah. past election. And uh, I think you'll see, you'll be surprised. I think a lot of people are taking this as in, you know, I was just in Charlotte airport yesterday and I, you know, there's a bar in the airport where people obviously have their masks off because they're drinking, but are they really social distancing so much? I mean, they, sure, they have stools that are spaced apart, but the people are walking around willy-nilly. You know, they're talking, they're having a good time, they're drinking. 
you know, they're shaking hands. They're, you know, I mean, you know, people handle this virus very different. You know, there's a lot of differing views. People, people don't want to take the precautions. And, you know, and, you know, especially I think throughout this whole pandemic, through my traveling, you know, I can't say I've been all over the country, but I've been. I know, but you have the best gauge in terms of what other people are doing because of where you've been. Right. And I know as far as New York. I've been traveling a good amount too, but you've been traveling through air and I've been traveling much different, you know, and that's a different perspective that you can speak to. Like, I mean, you could speak to. You know, I've been in what, I've been in four different states, including New Jersey, since the pandemic started. They are New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland. Right. So it's a metropolitan yeah. area. I'm staying um, very local. Charlotte has been an area, has been an airport that has yes, it was very desolate when COVID kind of just attacked, like in March and April. But you know, when the calendar flipped to May and June, it was fairly i would say i would call it like a things were also track. looking up then. right right and it, and it kind of and it still is similar to like now like there is a lot of traffic moving around that area and that airport um you know it was very you know quite crowded i would say it was yesterday and you know people again you know, they handle this in different ways. I don't know. I think some people will be scared. I, don't, I can't say that would be, I don't know if that's going to be the fair majority. Um, I think, you know, when, if you do go to these events, obviously I think most people are not going to be scared because if they were scared, they wouldn't go to the event in the first place. I think that all of these events should have, I don't know how possible this is, but I think they should all have COVID sort of isolation rooms at these events just in case someone has come down with a fever or something and just I'm sure that that's a pop I'm yeah. sure that that's something well, that could be done that's that's within reason like that's not like some multi-million dollar thing or I mean it, I don't know I don't believe Ticketmaster should be the one that are dealing with the testing I think it'd be the actual uh you know facility itself should be worrying about that because the problem with because if the warriors are willing to spend 30 million dollars on COVID testing that'll take away that you know issue we were just talking about earlier so I think if there was a way for you to have COVID test everybody you're going to have you know the arena or the stadium is going to have to take ownership of it oh it's going to be it's going to be a mess getting into these games once they start upping the capacity oh for sure for sure i mean yeah get there early that's all i can say (laughs) well i think that's a good place to stop for today yeah yeah that is well jason thank you for for taking over as the um as the leader of everything this week you you were great as usual um and again i think noah was scared but you know who's to say he's not here but Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SportsLuck1. We'll be posting there over the course of the week if there's anything interesting that happens. Um, you can listen to us. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And that's pretty much it. So from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask. We'll talk to you next week. Stay classy.